Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 17, 2022. So I'm teaching a series entitled Pursuing Grace-Based Success. Say this in the chat, or you can say it out loud. I am a success. God has called me to be a success. God has graced me to be successful. Say, I am successful in everything I put my hands to do. Yes, so it is the will of God that you succeed. It is the will of God that you operate in wisdom and favor and promotion and increase, advancement, acceleration in every area and every facet of your life. That is the will of God. It is the will of God for you to be successful. I'm going to teach it and it's biblical and I'm not going to make any excuses for it. So we are pursuing success, but we're pursuing success God's way. This is part 21. The title of today's message is health and wealth are part of your success. So health and wealth are part of it. It's okay to be healthy and it's okay to be wealthy. You can get both from God. Health, say this, say health and wealth are part of my success. It's not the only thing, but it's part of my success. It is not the will of God that I be sick and it is not the will of God that I be in lack. It's okay for me to be healthy it's okay for me to be wealthy. And we're going to see from scripture today that it is the will of God. So I want you to open up your heart to receive God's best in every area of your life. Get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. You may be thinking, well, wait a minute, Rick, what did you say? It's okay to be healthy and well. I mean, like, why would you even need to say that? Well, I'm going to explain why I even need to say that because some people have gotten confused from the church. So I'm going to explain it. All right, but we're going to see from scripture that it's okay for you to be healthy and wealthy and it's part of your success. Let's go through our foundational scriptures first. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10. The Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace because you believed. All you did was believe God and receive Eternal life is a gift from God. You can't work for a gift. All you can do with the gift is receive it. So you did not save yourself by the things that you have done, and you have nothing to boast about. In Ephesians 2 and 10, the Bible says, God has made us a new creation in Christ Jesus so that we can spend the remainder of our days doing the good works. Say, I have work to do. Doing the good works that God before ordained for us to do. There are some good works that you and I are supposed to be doing and so we have work to do. I have work to do. You have work to do. And whatever God has called us to do, guess what? He's already stored up everything that we would need to get it done. Health and wealth are part of it. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Now for our benefit, God made him Jesus to become wisdom itself and God made us right with him. So because of Jesus, I have access to wisdom because of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God by faith. And the Bible says, because of Jesus, God made us pure, God made us holy, God freed us from sin. It was all Jesus. It was not me. Therefore, the, the text says, verse 31, we have nothing to boast about. If I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in him. It's all about him. It's not about me. Second Timothy 1 and 9 says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling. God saved me, if you're saved, but he also called you with a holy calling so that your life could be about something that's bigger than just you. And he saved us and called us with a holy calling. Watch this. Not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, 
So he gave me the purpose and the grace for the purpose. He gave me the assignment and the grace for the assignment. He gave me both in Christ Jesus. He gave me both in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So all of that is in Christ Jesus. Third John 2, the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. So you're going to have prosperity in your physical body and prosperity in your life, but it's going to be connected to the prosperity that you have in your soul. Your legs would never take you where your soul has never been. You got it? So that's why I'm teaching you to have a prosperous soul. And then a few days ago, I introduced you to a passage in Ecclesiastes chapter five, and then we're going to look at it again today, this morning. This passage is amazing to me. This is what the Bible says. This is so clear. So the Bible says, even so, I've noticed one thing at least that's good. So here's one thing Solomon said. He's the richest man on the planet, the wisest man on the planet. He's like, look, if there's anything that's good, I've noticed one thing that's good. What is that, Solomon? Okay, here's the one thing that's good. It's good for people to eat and drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Is that in the Bible? That's in the Bible. To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. And God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. You ever met somebody that's always talking about the past? You got some, ever met somebody that's always murmuring and complaining and this person did that and let me bring up this and let me bring up that and they see you and they want to bring up something from... Listen, these are people that are not enjoying life and, and it irritates them to no end that you are. Your confidence, your courage, your prosperity, your joy, it irritates their insecurities. But you cannot be moved by them. You could pray for them and then you got to keep stepping. Why? Because you have too much work to do. God keeps such people so busy that they have no time to brood over the past. You enjoy, say this, say, I enjoy my lot in life. And so when you are enjoying your lot in life, I know what God has called me to do. Listen, I'm not worrying about other people, uh, what other people have. That's their assignment. Whatever, what other people need, like God has to give them a lot of stuff. Cool. They have more than me. Cool. Other people have less than me. Cool. Look, I just pray for them. I, I just have to be focused on me, whatever it is that God has called me to be. And so I can celebrate the diversities of giftings without jealousy. I'm not comparing myself to anyone else. I'm running my race with my grace at my pace by the will of God. Say amen to that. That is the grace life. What does this mean to you? today. I have like eight things to share with you in this morning. So I have a lot. Let me get into these eight things. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Number one, while this series is about success, and I've made it clear that success for the kingdom of God is based on your divine purpose. I also want to clarify that God is not opposed to health and wealth, right? God is not opposed to wealth. God is not opposed to health. Solomon said, it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. That's a good thing. Say it's a good thing. It's a good thing for you to be healthy, and it's a good thing for you to have everything that you need, that you would that you would not lack in any way. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you would always have all sufficiency in all things at all times, that you would be able to meet the needs of every situation and to give to every good and charitable work. Say that's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right, number two, it sometimes takes church people to confuse clear issues. Sometimes it takes the church to confuse people. So let me let me explain this. If I were to ask anybody on the street, the average person on the street doesn't, you know, not, not going to church, just anybody. Hey, excuse me, survey. Stop here, sir. 
Excuse me. Uh, quick question. Is it better to have money or to not have money? They would let be like, is this a trick question? No, it's not a trick question. Well, obviously having money is better than not having money. Okay, all right, cool. Next person. Excuse me, ma'am. Yes. Is it better to be healthy or to be sick? Is this a trick question? No, it's not a trick question. Obviously being healthy is better than being sick. But for some reason, people in church have, have confused people. Like, so let me, let me explain what I mean. So people in church have somehow made a connection between piety and poverty, right? Like, like it's pious to be poor. No, it's not. That, that's not the will of God. And so, so they, they've made this thing to where like it's holy to be poor, to live in lack is, is, is some type of holiness. And they have vilified money to the point that, oh, those rich people, they're going to hell. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches, oh, by the way. Uh, uh, so we don't go to hell because of the size of your bank account. Uh, uh, we go to hell because we don't accept Jesus. Other people have gone to some crazy extent to say that God put something on, on people like sickness and like God put a sickness or disease on them. And then these same people pray and ask God to take it away. Like I, this is church people. I'm talking about church people. I've heard church people say crazy stuff. Well, you know, because this person wasn't living right, God had to get their attention. <laughs> God can get your attention without making you sick. And so, so now what, what God, so you, are you going to pray for God to take it away? Yeah. Why? How, how would you, I don't know about you, but I would never, I would not want to serve a God who's going to put a sickness on me just to then take it away so that I can praise him. That would be crazy. And that's not biblical. It's not even biblical at all. B listen, let me be clear. Health and wealth are okay. Solomon was clear. It's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy. It's almost ridiculous that I have to teach this, but I'm I have to teach it because people have, have been taught erroneous things. Number three, well, once again, the Bible says it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy. So let me explain. Solomon, the richest man on to ever live on the planet. He was the, the wealthiest man on the planet at the time and the wisest. He said, it's a good thing. He didn't see anything wrong with receiving the blessing from God and enjoying it. Everything that God gives you is for your enjoyment. God, he didn't see anything wrong. Oh, these people are just caught up in stuff. No, God God freely, the Bible says God has given, God didn't withhold his best when he gave us Jesus. And along with Jesus, God will freely give you all other things. The Bible says that, that God blesses us richly. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Whatever you have, whatever God has blessed you with, enjoy it. Don't take on any guilt because there are people that don't have it. Listen, we don't know why they don't have it. There's lots of reasons. There's like generational things. There's, their grandparents could have made decisions. They could have made decisions. There's lots of things. Listen, Jesus said, the poor, you're going to have what you always. You don't have to feel guilty because of the blessing that's on your life. God has freely given you all things. Now, we're supposed to give. That's a different teaching for another day. I teach a lot about giving. But when you, when you give, listen, you give, you sow, you do all of that. You tithe, you give to the poor, you do all of those things. That's great. But whatever God has given you, you should enjoy it. That's not, it's a good thing for you to enjoy it. It's a good thing. He says, listen, and what I'm teaching you, what, what Solomon said in this passage is congruent with the entire body of scripture. Now, the reason why I have to like teach this or explain this is because unfortunately, 
Like some people have like vilified, you know, um, prosperity and called, you know, some people like prosperity gospel preachers. All right. So now the prosperity gospel and, and are there people that have um, misconstrued the word of God? Yes. Are there people, preachers, unfortunately, that have manipulated people? Yes. Are there preachers that have taken money from people and, and, and they use the Bible to do unscrupulous things? Yes. Okay. But that doesn't negate the Bible. Let's agree that the pattern is right, even though the material may be flawed. And so, so just because there are some people that have done some dumb things, that doesn't mean that the Bible is not true. Listen, when I'm teaching you what I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you straight from the word of God. You would have to reject a good portion of scripture for you to reject the fact that God wants you to prosper. It is the will of God. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. This is all Bible. God is not opposed to you being blessed financially and to be blessed with the health to enjoy it while you're the short life that God has given you on this planet. So God is not opposed to that. And if you have some issues with it because of what you've heard, all of that, we need to get rid of all of that so that you can actually have and enjoy the life that God has given you. Say amen to that. All right. Number four, anyone who thinks that poverty is a blessing <laughs> is obviously someone who has never been poor. Now, now, now I know people don't like terms like rich and poor. Come on, man. This is in the Bible. Don't, I just like to use Bible terms, right? The Bible talks about the poor and, and, and anybody who thinks that being poor is a blessing is somebody who's never been poor. Uh, I, I was, I grew up poor. Isabella grew up poor. Now there's levels to this, right? There's levels of poverty. I thought I was poor, but at least in the United States, we had welfare. We had, you know, Medicaid, we had healthcare, we had food stamps, you know, at least we had that in, in other countries. They don't have that. And so, so Isabella didn't have that. And so, but we both grew up poor and we know what it's like from firsthand experience that that's not the blessing. Say that's not the blessing. Being poor, living in lack, that's not the blessing. If you read, and there's lots of passages on this, read Deuteronomy chapter 28 when you get a chance. I dealt with Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28 last week. If you read that, it gives you a good picture of what the blessing looks like. It gives you a good picture. Blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath, the winner, not the loser, the victor, not the victim, being able to lend and not have to borrow. All of these things is a picture of the blessing. So when you look at a picture of the blessing, increase, abundance, favor, success, what you do not see is need and lack and failure. And so I'm not making this up. I mean, this is from scripture. There's a picture of the blessing in scripture, and there's a picture of the curse. And Jesus delivered us from the curse, from every curse. And so if, and also if you think that being sick is a blessing, then obviously you've never been sick. Like it, when you are there at, at the bedside of somebody and they're under attack and they're in pain and the doctors don't know what to do, you know, that's not the will of God. You know that that is the curse and not the blessing. Say amen to that. But I'm going to keep teaching because I, some, some people like, they still don't get it. So I'm going to break this down for you. Number five, God does not need to make you sick in order to teach you a lesson. Listen, if God wants to teach you something, God can teach you. God gave you his word. God gave you his spirit. God gave you his pastors. God gave you people like me. God gave you ways to teach you. And God doesn't have to make you sick to teach you a lesson. Listen, God will teach you without making you sick. If you believe that God made you sick. Now, let me, let me say this. If you believe that God gave you something, a sickness or a disease, then you should want it. Let that sink in for a minute. Anything that came from God, you should want it. So if you think, if you tell me, well, God put this on me, well, then keep it then. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with you. I, I, I got to go somewhere else. 
because I need to talk to somebody that, that wants to be delivered from it. If you believe that God gave you something and put something on you, then, then, then you shouldn't go to the doctor because you believe God gave it to you. Like I, I remember, um, I was talking to somebody from my family and, um, somebody had, you know, mentioned such and such has cancer. I was like, man, the devil is lying. Let's pray. And this person said to me, well, God knows what he's doing. I said, what? This person said, she said, God knows what he's doing. I said, do you want to pray? She said, yes. I said, what did you say? You said God knows what he's doing. Yes. But then you want to pray. Yes. So you saying that God put, well, God does everything. What? So if you think that God put that sickness, cancer on that person, why are we praying? Come on. I mean, like what Bible are you reading? No. If God put sickness on somebody, then keep it then. I mean, but obviously God didn't. And I'm going to show you from scripture that sickness is not of God. Number six, sickness is not of God. Let me break it down. So the Bible says this, watch this. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested. He came to the earth. The son of God, Jesus was manifested on this planet for this purpose. What? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Say this, say Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Okay, got it. Acts 10 and 38. This is what the Bible says. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he went around doing good, good, and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus went around healing all, all who? Who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because they were sick. They were under the power of the devil. Why? Because Jesus was with them, right? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now the King James says, Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the power of the devil. So if Jesus went around destroying the works of the devil, and he did. And Jesus went around destroying the works of the devil because God was with him. And Jesus was healing people. Then obviously sickness is one of the works of the devil, right? I'm trying to make this as, as plain as possible. Part of Jesus's work was healing. And Jesus healed people because sickness is of the devil. Sickness is not of God. Jesus, the text says, Jesus healed people who were under the power of the devil. The, the Bible says Jesus healed people who were under the oppression of the devil. He healed them. Why? Because he was doing the will of the father. Now, if the father had put sickness on them, then Jesus couldn't heal them because Jesus would never go against the father. So if the father had put sickness on them and Jesus healed them, then Jesus would be fighting against the father and there would be division in the Godhead. But there's no division in the Godhead. Why? Because sickness is not of God. Say that. Say sickness is not of God, right? The Bible is clear on this. Number seven, the Bible is pretty clear. What's part of the blessing? What's part of the curse? I already told you Genesis chapter 28. You should read that whole chapter when you get a chance. It lists the blessing and it lists the curse. And under the curse, it talks about sickness and disease. Under the blessing, you're free from it. All right, let me give you some other scriptures. Watch this. In Psalms 91 and verse 16, the Bible says that God will satisfy us with long life, right? Say this, say God satisfies me with long life. I'm going to have, I'm going to live long 
and I'm going to live strong. That's part of the blessing. Say the blessing. All right. In Psalms 103 and verse three, the Bible says, God forgives me of my sins and heals me of every disease. So God forgives me of my sin and heals me of every disease. That's Psalms 103 and verse three. Say, that's the blessing. Say, 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 disease has no power over me. All right. In Psalms 103 and verse five, the Bible says, God will renew my youth like the eagles. So now God is renewing my youth. God is giving me strength. God is delivering me from every disease. Why? Because that's part of the blessing. In Deuteronomy chapter seven and verse uh, 15, the Bible says, God will keep me from deadly diseases. So God is keeping me from deadly diseases. Why? Because the deadly disease is a curse and is not a blessing. In James 5 and 15, the Bible says, if any are sick among you, bring them to the elders of the church, that the elders of the church may anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Why? Why would I pray the prayer of faith, and why would I believe that the prayer of faith is going to save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up if, if God puts sickness on him? That's crazy. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 18, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Here's one of the signs that are going to follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So part of the blessing is for us to experience health and to experience healing. Say that's the blessing. That's the blessing. Sickness is not a blessing. So I, while I do know that bad things do happen to good people, please, let's not confuse the issue by trying to claim that sickness is of God or this sickness came from God. Listen, at the end of the day, let, let me make it as plain as I can make it. Sickness, bad. <laughs> Health, good, right? Wealth, good. Poverty, bad. That's it. Like, like you, you almost have to go to church to mess that up. But at the end of the day, it's very clear. It's okay to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. All right, number eight, I think this is the last point I have for you today. While your life should not be about the pursuit of things, right? So that's Matthew 6 and 33. So I'm not pursuing things, I'm pursuing God. But in the same scripture, the Bible says, since I'm not pursuing things, I'm pursuing God, watch this, things pursue me. So God has a way of causing us to increase when we're, when we're walking in a way that is pleasing in his sight. The Bible is clear while I'm not pursuing things, that God is not opposed to health and God is not opposed to wealth. The Bible is full of examples where God made people healthy. Like, let me give you one example. The Bible says that the nation of Israel, when they walked around in the wilderness for 40 years, there was not one sick among them, not one. And their clothes did not wear out. So there was not one sick among them and their clothes never wore out for 40 years. For 40 years, you have millions of people in the wilderness for four decades and not one person ever got sick. Say, that's the blessing. That's the blessing. God, watch this. Also, there's lots of biblical examples of God giving people a long and satisfying life and giving them all the resources that they need to accomplish their divine assignment before they die. So God made many people rich in the Bible and he's still doing it today, right? All the resources that, that you need. So while, while worldly riches should not be your focus, I just want to be clear that it's not of the devil, though, right? So riches are not evil. God is not. God is opposed to lack. And so God will see to it that you have everything that you need 
to accomplish what you were assigned to accomplish while you're in the land of the living because you have accepted your lot in life. Say this, say, I accept my lot in life. So some people, let me explain though. I got to explain what that means. So for my lot in life, I need some stuff. There are things that I need. For example, in this room, I have thousands and thousands of dollars of, t- of equipment. Uh, well, I need this equipment to do what I do. And I need like the best of the best, right? Because that's that's how God rolls. And so, so I buy equipment that other people don't need. But I need it because it's part of my assignment. And whatever I need for my assignment, God has stored it up for me. In the Dominican Republic, we need stuff for that school. And what we need for that school, God provides it. God provides it. Why? Because we need it. Because it's part, wherever the vision is, the provision is already stored up. Now we need stuff that other people don't need. Okay. So does that mean that, that we're better? No, we're not better than anybody. There are people that need stuff that, that I don't need, right? There's people that need stuff that I don't need. So, so God gives it to them. Why? Because it's, they have accepted their lot in life. So some people, let me explain. Some people are called to impact like a local community, right? Let's say that you're called to impact a local community. And, and whether you're pastoring a local church with 150 members or you're just impact, you're called to impact your local community. You could live uh, in, in Barbados and, and, and God has graced you to be the person that's a blessing to your, to your village or your town. And, and, and that's your lot in life, right? So you're going to need stuff to do that. But there's going to be a lot of stuff that you don't need to do that, right? If you're impacting your local community, there's things that you need for that but there's going to be things that somebody else is called to do that you don't need. So some people are called to impact a community. Some people are called to impact a whole region. Some people are called to impact a state. Some people are called to impact a nation. Some people are called to impact the whole world. And so there's some people that are called to go to every continent on the planet every year to do different things for ministry, right? And so those people need stuff that the local community people don't need. And because the local community people don't need it, God doesn't give it to them because it's not part of their lot in life. But the people that that have to go to Africa, that have to go to Australia, that have to go to, they're going all of these places every year to do all these things that God has called them to do, then they're going to need stuff that you don't need. And since they need it, then God, wherever the vision is, the provision is already stored up. Here's the problem. The greater the vision, the greater the provision, but people will criticize what they do not understand. And so because they're over here doing their community thing, they will complain about the person that does this worldly thing. And so this global thing. And so there are some people in ministry that have planes. Why? Because they need it. Because they're going to every continent all over the place. There's some people in ministry that have buildings. There's some people in ministry that have 18 wheelers. They're delivering food. There's some people in ministry. Or forget ministry for a minute. Whatever you need to accomplish what God has called you to do, God has stored it up for you. And whatever you need is, is, now, if your vision is this, then you need this. If your vision is that, then you need that. If your vision is that, then, then you need that. And whatever you need, this is, don't don't criticize what you do not understand. Don't sit here and be talking about people just because you don't understand that God hasn't called you to do that. So let's not put our mouth on people when we don't understand it. Let's run our race with our grace at our pace. And the church said, amen. Let me give you a note before I close. Um, listen, I teach on this in my book, Level Up Your Life. So if you don't have the book, go to rickpina.co, rickpina.co and get the book. But there's a lot of teach. I go into detail on this. At the end of the day, God has given you everything you need. Everything you need for your assignment has been stored up for you. Say amen to that. Say, I lack nothing.
You got to understand that I lack nothing. Well, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to um, speak this over your life and, and speak it as words of faith from a believing heart. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I am here for a reason, and that reason is my divine purpose. I am determined to maximize my purpose and potential before I die. I will complete my divine assignment. I will do it by your grace. Everything I need is already stored up for me. You open doors of favor for me where people fund my projects by grace without me earning anything. And then there are times where you give me the wisdom and favor to go earn the resources, to generate the wealth, to fund the projects. So whether the wealth came through my effort or completely by grace, either way, I know it all came from you. And you are blessing me to be successful in life. Part of it, Father, is divine health. You give me the physical health and strength to do what you've called me to do. I will remain on this planet as long as I need to, to do what you sent me here to do. And I declare what you've decreed. It's a good thing to receive wealth from you, Father, and the good health to enjoy it. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Look, this was one of those where you got to apply this and prosper. I there's a lot in this message. There's layers and layers of revelation in what I just taught you. It's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. If, you, if this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. I will see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to learn more about our ministry or you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit ripministries.org. You will learn there what we're doing in the Caribbean, providing a Christ-based education to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic. We also provide them a hot meal every day. If you would like to partner with us, click on the donate button. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have my book, Level Up Your Life, go to rickpina.co and get the book today. From rickpina.co, you'll also see that I have journals, and I also have some other products and apparel and et cetera, all centered around the grace life. And then lastly, if you enjoy this content, but you want direct access to Isabella and I, the Lord impressed it upon my heart for Isabella and I to start mentoring people, giving people access to us to be able to ask us questions. We're answering questions about ministry, about missions, nonprofit, for-profit. I'm addressing things as far as how I preach, our approach to preaching, we're putting out private content just for a specific group in the Patreon. So please visit patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina if you're interested in this material. Have an amazing day.